Hey y'all, it's your girl KC. You are tuned into the Dare to Talk podcast. What's popping? What's going on? I am so excited to be on here talking to y'all. I know it's been a minute. I know it's been a long time, but I got an explanation. I was gone and there was a lot of purpose behind it. So in this episode, we are going to dive into where the hell I been. Why did I just like vanish out of thin air? <laughs> and life updates how your girl being house therapy house family how's the job hunt and things of that nature so with no further ado let's get right into it hey y'all i know i know i know i know i was gone for a hot minute i was and i would love to say it was planned but it wasn't i absolutely was in the midst of standardized testing So state testing is definitely something that I never understood fully until I started teaching this testing grade, which is third grade. And I never really understood the like craziness that comes with it, like the mania of it all. And so I had friends that warned me and that was like, hey, teaching the testing grade is a different beast. And I, I took it as I was like, oh no, it's okay. Like whatever. Um, keep in mind I've only tested like lower and only taught lower elementary and so I would say after spring break it was go time like it's like now we're in it now we're doing it and so spring break for us was March so right after that week of my birthday we kind of just like dove right in because the following month April I forgot what date already because it's like a blur but it was April something they took their first they took the ELA test and then the top I want to say either the top week or the second week of May they took their math um state exam so it was crazy like we went into this whole like boot camp getting kids ready um not only was I teaching like to like the standards or things like that but like you're kind of trying to, I don't want to say cram, because obviously we were teaching all of the material throughout the year, but essentially you're trying to like do touch points of the things we they learned in like August, October, and you're revisiting that again and getting back into it. And so it was a lot going on. On top of like being very intense throughout the school day and being very intentional about what we're teaching, I also was doing like office hours after hours. And so that was also you know, time consuming. It was a lot because I'm used to getting out at 3.30, right? And kind of like kind of be in traffic, kind of not. And I go from that to leaving work at like 4.30, now being in the midst of traffic, getting home later. And so it just was very hard for me to produce this content and on top of like give my all to that and so got caught up in that well not necessarily caught up but was really like into that and the mania of that and so also I wasn't even able to get on the no clearance for a little bit (laughs) it was like a solid month maybe two months that I was not on I couldn't even be on for meetings because I was so like into supporting my kids and making sure that they felt prepared and ready for the exam so I hope they did well I think they did they did their their best and ultimately that's all I can ask and I want to take a second to shout out any teacher who has um who has or is teaching a state tested grade Like the shit is for the birds. It's very intense. It's very stressful. It's a lot. Um, 
And I think sometimes it is, it sucks to be like, how successful are you as a teacher, right? Like for that to feel like it's all on this test that um, kids either do really well on or don't do well. And I think being very aware of like testing anxiety and how like, you know, my like top kids would like not do well on like practice tests and things like that because the testing anxiety is real and I think getting kids in a headspace and psyched out and like overwhelmed with like testing in general and so you know as a teacher it feels like this is your final like your dissertation essentially right like mm, what did your kids really learn you know what I mean so sucks but it's done it's over summer is slowly approaching and I'm fucking excited about that so that's where I've been so just know like you know wasn't intentional at all but I definitely think I underestimated the whole mania thing and so my bad <laughs> shade um but I have a bit of like drama for y'all some tea so and this is like family drama. So I contemplated talking about this on here because I was just like, mm, like, I don't know if I should do that. Uh, I feel like that is, I don't, I felt, I contemplated doing it. One, because I wanted to do it and mention it and talk about it on here because I feel like I've told y'all everything else. I've been very transparent with my listeners and my audience. And so I want to preview this by saying like, I'm not sharing this to be like spiteful or to be shady or to like make anybody look crazy or um, feel bad, essentially. Like I think a lot of what I go through on, a lot of what I go through is a lot of like aha moments for myself. And so I know that it can be um, teachable moments for y'all. And I think when it comes to the family dynamic, I think us as black people, we, or people of color, we get really stuck in well that's how it's always been and that's how it should be kind of a thing and I want to break that right I don't want people to feel like oh well I'm going to continue to accept this you know negative dark energy or something that doesn't make me feel good or makes me feel really shitty about myself because that is my aunt my uncle or my mom my dad my stepmom my stepdad right and naming like no when something is wrong it's wrong we need to nip it in the bud and and name that no like you need to correct that and if you don't correct it this is you know there's repercussions for your actions so recently um my family has dealt with a loss and I think for me I think I experience grief in a different way right like I'm a silent processor I'm not somebody who's like loud about grief and like dealing with loss um and so I've lost a lot of like major monumental people in my life right being honest and I think it's altered my perception of like you know um, I don't want to say immortality because it's like fucking dark, but it's just altered how I deal with death, right? Like I don't, I'm not somebody that's like super sad about it. I'm somebody that like tends to like, okay, you know, that is life. Like we're born to die essentially. And I think it's a morbid way of thinking about it, you know, to some people, but I think it's a reality. You are put on this earth to eventually exit the earth. And so that's what it is. And I think, um, was that always my like view on it? No, 
but I think as I go through life and as I lose more and more people that are um, very dear to me and close to me, like it's not, you know, I don't want this to come off like, oh, I'm ready to die today. Cause like, obviously I'm, you know, I still feel like I have a lot of life to live, but I am not shocked at death, I guess. So when people pass for me, it's just like, wow, okay. You know? And so I deal with that differently. And recently we had somebody pass and it was a very like out of nowhere, right? Kind of a thing. And my initial thing was to support, you know, my my mother and to like, you know, like immediately called her once I, you know, got the news or whatever and kind of supported her in that and you know, the way I could. Now I am not in a space being transparent where I could drop everything I had going on and go back home. And I I say that to say like that was in the midst of like state testing and you know what I mean? Like and I hate to say like I'm choosing the kids over family, but ultimately you gotta think like it is a decision that took me a second. Like I, it wasn't like I was like, oh, well, you know, they, they died. Move on. You know what I mean? Like it was definitely a hard thing to like deal with. But being, and I've like also talked this through in therapy. So I'm in a good space about it. Um, but it's like you have to think. I am also, I want to put this out here too. I'm not a funeral person. And I struggle with people that are funeral people. And what I mean by funeral people is people that like attend funerals for like, I don't want to say a living, but like attend it as it's like an event. And I'm somebody that I think it's crazy and a little bit insane to attend a funeral for somebody who you didn't like live life with them. Do you know what I mean? And this is obviously something that like my mom and um, my elders don't like agree with. But I'm a firm believer, like, if I wasn't in life with you and I didn't experience life with you and I can't give you five memories I have with you, I probably shouldn't be at your funeral. That's weird. It's almost like to say, like, yay, you're dead, in my opinion. And so for me, it was very easy to be like, well, I'm just not going to go. Like, yes, I love that person dearly. You can love somebody dearly and not necessarily feel like you need to, like, be front and center at their funeral. And so there was that, but there's also like the fiscal component of it, right? Is like, I'm all the way down here in Texas. So a flight is not $2. In general, flights have been very expensive from what I've like looked into or whatever, but it just would have been a lot of money that I feel like I am trying to save. There's things I want to do and I have going on. And so it's just, it, it just wasn't attainable and it just wasn't realistic for myself. So whatever, um, you know, felt like me and my mom were talking here and there, whatever. Didn't feel like it hadn't been like months since I talked to her, you know, checkpoints, whatever. And fast forward, I get a message from her that I'm not going to reiterate or like reread the message, but it was just a hurtful message that basically was just like you I'm, and I'm summarizing it. I'm not saying this is what she said word for word, but basically like you ungrateful brats like me and my family have been so good to you etc etc I have a clear conscience can you say the same and when I got that message I was just taken aback because last time we spoke it was fine like it wasn't like 
bad energy or I had said anything about her. I hadn't, you know, we hadn't had a negative interaction. So for me, this threw me off. I was just like, what the hell is happening? What's going on? And my initial response was, let me screenshot this and let me send it to my sister. Like I'm in my bugging. So I screenshotted it, but before I sent it out to her, I called my sister and I was like, basically on some like, Hey, like, is she good? Like, did she tell you I did something? Like, I'm so confused. Like I was genuinely like lost for words. I didn't know what was happening. And my sister didn't know either. So she was like, huh? Like, she was like, did you try to call her? And I was like, no, I'm going to call her. But I wanted to see if like, maybe somehow y'all had exchanged words or whatever. They didn't. She was like, no, I just talked to her and she was fine and didn't seem like there was an issue or anything going on. So I was like, okay, cool. Called her, no answer, sending me straight to voicemail. Called her again because I'm like, oh, maybe like, you know, busy zone, whatever. Calls her again, no answer, nothing. And at this point, now I'm getting frustrated because it's like for you to like send a message like that and then leave me in the dark and like not pick up or, you know, like not respond I didn't feel like responding via text because I felt like that would have just fueled it more and made it something that it absolutely wasn't because once again at this point this is a one-sided beef she has or you know uh anger she has towards me or whatever and so I was like okay like all right um call my sister back tell my sister she was fuming hot um because I mean the message was very hurtful and in my opinion it was for my sister it was the first time her seeing it right and I've named to those around me that I care about very deeply that me and my my mother's relationship is very um it's been very difficult I would say and I think there's a lot of layers that we can like peel back on why it's difficult and um I think it involves more than one thing like I don't think it's like one incident that's made our relationship hard to like weather or like map out right and I think when I talk to my other friends about you know when we when I talk to my homegirls they're always discussing how their like relationship with their mothers are very difficult so I feel like it's a natural thing like I don't think like me and my mom are special by any means I think like mother and daughter relationships are very difficult and hard to like endure and so for me I was just not I was hurt yes but it wasn't like a oh this is out of nowhere I'm so shocked it wasn't that and so you know dealing with that was difficult and so you know my feelings were hurt and my sister I think was infuriated because she's like you don't say shit like that you don't talk like that to somebody you love and to your daughter that's like very hurtful you don't say things like that um and for those of you who are new I'm adopted and so you know the reference to like my family and things of that nature is crazy keep in mind like I I was adopted when I was very young I don't even think I was um I had been with the family since I was a baby but I was like legally adopted when I was like maybe a couple years old like I was like maybe three four I don't really remember but I know that I was like a toddler essentially Um, but I had been with the family so long. So something like that is like very significant and like very fucking hurtful. And so my sister told my brother and my other sister and they kind of were like living and were pissed. And I think for me, I knew 
<laughs> in that moment, therapy was absolutely fucking working. <laughs> it was working and it was doing what it needed to do because I think that was something that would have definitely gaslit me and sent me over the edge. I would have went on a tie, you know, a whole rant and just gave it to her essentially. I didn't. My initial response was just like, wow, you know, you have nothing to like grasp to as far as I'm concerned. And so your last thing is, ooh, I'm going to hit her where it hurts. And that's my mom's superpower. She knows very much how to like get under your skin and like really get to the, the jugular essentially. And so I obviously <laughs> set up a, a session with my therapist immediately because I was like, oh no, I got to work through this. We got to, I have to talk. I have to get this out. And the fact that this is, that was my response is like growth y'all because old Khadija would have fucking flipped a lid. I would have told people off. I would have told her off, would have left her a nasty voicemail and just would have went in. And she would have gotten satisfaction out of that. I'm sure to know that she like got to me, um, that deep and like on that level so I just didn't respond I was just like hey you know what like it is what it is and um I I was like I said like I was used to this right like my mom talks to me crazy all the time and I'm just used to it not saying it's okay I want to name that like it's never okay to gaslight somebody or to put somebody down intentionally or you know to hurt them intentionally like to get to them it's not okay but I think I it's become so normalized for me and I've just become so okay with it that I was like oh okay well you know um this is my first time having physical evidence of the you know the meanness and um you know for them to see it was they were like oh wow like she that's fucked up and so I, I sat in that and I remember calling my friend and I was like, yo, like this is heavy and you know, I just want to kind of like sit in this with you for a second and just kind of like dissect this. And my friends are really good. I, first of all, I will say like I have a therapist and so I'm never just going to my friends and like, oh, they're not always my go-to. Right. And so I always try to make sure that when I'm like putting things out there, it's never a thing of like, um, how can I say this? I'm not always dumping on my friends. Right. And I think it's important for us to like create those boundaries of like your friends are not your therapist, your friends you can confide in, but it's not okay to always dump things on your friends because I mean, that shit weighs on them and that's heavy. I know that I'm an empath and so my friends are very um aware right and so they're very mindful of like yes I'm here to support you and I'm here to be your friend but like you know I'm an empath and that shit weighs on me and I can't um I can never turn that off you know what I mean like I can never not care like things will keep me up at night that have no you know correlation to me or whatever because it's just that's how I am so whatever so fast forward I have my therapy session and I go through this with my therapist and she is just like, and keep in mind, I shout out my therapist, like the realest one on the team. <laughs> but she mentioned this idea of when I first moved, first of all, I started therapy because I knew my relationship with my mom was like strange, it, not strange. <laughs> 
I don't want to say it's weird, but it was, I can tell that it, it impacted me deeply and my, so deeply that like, it definitely, uh, hindered or impacted the way I interact with men, right? It impacted the way I interacted with myself. And so I knew that like, that's something I need to address and figure out and like strengthen. And so my therapist was just like, you know, I think you have done a phenomenal job of setting boundaries, which is, you know, and boundaries being that I, when I was younger, I was so pressed to impress and make my mom proud. Like I was like, that was a goal of mine. I always wanted to make her proud. I wanted her to be like, that's my daughter at a girl kind of a thing. And, uh, I think I wanted that so much that I, it hindered, um, my own self-esteem and my own like uh confidence right like I never felt like I was good enough I never felt proud of who I am I never felt proud of anything I did because I had put so much on her value her word her um idea of me and things of that nature and and this is just anybody you don't have to be your mom it could be your significant other your parent your grandparents or whatever when you are in a space where you feel that um heaviness to impress or to be um great for somebody else it it's not healthy one like my therapist name like that shit is so fucking unhealthy and so damaging that it's like sickening and so her naming that and like being able to be like this like somebody who's not in the mist who's not my friend who's not a family member tell me that like be an outside party to tell me how like that's actually unhealthy and that's something that's just not achievable right you're never going to amount up to that person's standards or that person's um measurement of like success and like top tierness and so we work through that and like I think like I have and I'm it's a constant thing like it's not something that I'm like yeah I don't need my mom's approval I'm good it's something that I constantly have to remind myself of so I say all that to say I used to be this person that felt like I needed my mom's okay on everything um down to like oh I'm taking these uh courses in school this fall like what do you think right or oh I'm thinking of getting this car instead of this car like what do you think right and I was very much a, what do you think, what's your opinion type of person when it came to my mom. And I felt like that was something that hurt me, right? Because I was always like, what do you think? And she's like, oh, why did you take that? Like, you could have just took this class instead. They didn't offer this class. It was just never, it was like I was opening up myself for her. And I didn't realize this, but, and that would be a constant thing. And so you know, always feeling that sense of like, damn, like failure. Right. And my therapist, when I had told her all that went down, she said, when she asked me, when did you know, when did you know you weren't ever going to be enough? Like, when did you know whatever you did was not going to be enough for her? And one, heavy right and I thought you know when your therapist say some shit and it make you cry like it's just like well you know so that was a cryable moment and I busted out and I was just like whoa like heavy and I told her the day I knew whatever I did wasn't gonna be enough for my mom was the day I had graduated college 
four-year uh, university. Keep in mind, I'm her um, first generation, so I'm the first kid to do this. And I want to say at that point, um, not a lot of college graduates in my family. And so my mom, as I mentioned in other episodes, she's like a big monarch. You know what I mean? Like she's like a huge, um, that's a monarch, a huge like maternal figure in my family. Right. And, um, she, you know, graduated, whatever. And I remember we were taking pictures and taking pictures and just excited. Like I finally graduated college and I did it. And a big part of, you know, me finishing school was like, um, I want to be the one to say, like, I did that. And I want my mom to say, my daughter did that. And just like to like blush and be proud of me. And I remember we had found, uh, there had was somebody else who was graduating as well, who also were like foster parents to the kids that she was fostering at that time. And that took up all her, her interest and her attention. And so, Oh, excuse me. And so wasn't really like engaged, wasn't really like into the moment of like, my daughter is a college graduate. My daughter has a degree, you know? Um, and I mean, I remember my friends having to be like, oh, mommy, like, come on, take a picture with Khadija. And I, that was the saddest fucking day, you know? And it's fucked up because it was the happiest day of my life. Like I finally did it. And, um, I think anybody who has endured college, it is not, and I say endured because it's not easy. Uh, It is, it was difficult. And I would say the, I don't know if it was my junior year. It had to be my junior year going into my senior year. I was like dealing with depression. And obviously, you know, people of color, we don't call it depression. We call it get your ass up and make moves do something figure it out find something to do and I was like could not like get the strength to get up out of bed um I had a bad and at the same time like I also had a best friend who um was in New Hampshire and wasn't there like physically but was also going through like the same thing and so we were both like fuck like how do I how do I get out of bed right and so it was hard it was hard to get through college especially if you're like a first generation student that is doing it on your own you don't have nobody to like understand what you're going through it's very frustrating and very like alone you feel alone and being able to get through that push through get through that and get my degree was like a very like proud I was so proud of myself right and you know I knew that if I could not make my mother proud at that moment I was never gonna I wasn't gonna reach a goal ever to make her proud because if that didn't do it I don't know what would have keep in mind as I'm in school yes I was living at home so I wasn't living on campus I went to like a university that like had a lot of commuters um you know UMass Boston shout out to my beacons you know gang gang um, but that was like, you know, a commuter school and my therapist asked me, she's like, why did you commute and not live on campus? And I couldn't even use the excuse of like money because when you're adopted in Massachusetts, you can go to any state college and the state pays for it. 
they're like, oh, you orphan, you poor thing, we're going to pay for your college. And so I could never really name why I commuted, but I think we tied it to like me wanting to be with my mom, wanting to help, wanting to like be there to like show her like, look at me, I'm going to school, I'm doing it. And that was a hard pill to swallow, you know what I mean? Because for a long time I had told myself I was commuting to college because it's cheaper or I didn't like being around people and things of that nature. Um, but like while I was in school, I, there was one point where I had like two jobs and I was like working for this catering company. So like I was doing catering events on top of working at, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I was working at um, CVS and then eventually like I ditched the catering gig and I started doing direct care for like adolescent youth and um, youth that just was, you know, working in a group home. And so I did that and I did overnights. I worked like a dog. I had like picked up shifts all the time and keep in mind, like I'm doing all that while still going to school or whatever. And, um, you know, she never, you know, I don't know, maybe behind closed doors, she was giving me mad love, but I wasn't getting anything, right? So I say all that to say, like, that was the moment I knew, like, I was never going to make this woman proud. I was never going to make her happy. I was never going to hear the out of girl, I'm proud of you kind of a thing. And I released all of that, right? And I, like, for a long time, I, I like, downplayed how, like, sad that shit made me and how, like... I fucking, you know, was like living with that for a while and went through life, whatever. And fast forward to my other sister kind of connecting with me about like the hurtful message. And she was like, you know, it still bothers me to this day that we didn't do like a graduation party for you. And I'm, I was very much so like, it bothered me too. We celebrate everybody in my family, right? Like baby showers hey you just got out of jail you know what I mean like we are throwing a party for all these other things and it's like this was a moment that was so rare right at that point and it was so dope like here is this minority child who the odds were stacked against her and like statistically speaking should have just been like another person on food stamps welfare and had three kids by this point um but I didn't, right? Like, you know what I mean? So it was like, not to like play the like world's like smallest violin, but all that to say like, you know, I should have had something or something of like some celebratory excitement or joy, you know, something. And I remember telling my sister like, no, I've, I'm, I'm working through things, right? And so although it made me super sad and impacted me deeply, I... I never like mentioned that to anybody, right? I've never, besides my therapist, I've never mentioned that being like a sad time for me. So it was so interesting to hear my sister say that. And then, you know, just for, like naming that she was proud of me and that she was like, I know like it sucks, right? She's like, I'm still constantly in this like battle of, you know, wanting to make her proud and wanting that approval. And you know, it's something that is really hard, you know, when you are looking for that parental approval and like, okayness and like, Ooh, you're killing it, kid. You're doing great. Like you go, um, it's hard. And I think 
being able to finally now have a therapist who can help me navigate through that. And it's like, how the fuck was I navigating through that by myself? Right. And she always names how like remarkable it is that I am not more fucked up. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Like, thanks. And it feels like, you know, I don't feel like I'm not fucked up. I feel like I'm just all over the place. But for her to say like, no, like you ought to be proud of yourself to, you know, know that like your life started with chaos and mad you know like chaotic and very like unstructured and even in the midst of like you gaining structure in your life there was still some like you know gaps and emptiness and like he like here you are like the fact that you can name like mm, I this is a relationship that has impacted me and I want to work through that I don't want to continue to harbor that and um yeah and then Mother's Day comes up <laughs> and so for me, Mother's Day has always been um, my family. We celebrate American Mother's Day. And so uh, I don't think Puerto Ricans have, I don't think we got a Mother's Day. I think we're just like, you know, the American way. And I contemplated sending her something. I'm going to be real with y'all. Like I was like, she's, she's hurt me deeply. And this is not the first time she's hurt me. And so like, how do I navigate that? right it's like yes I want to show her unconditional love because she is my mother and she is someone who has raised me and has done like the best she could do with the best with you know with the best she did the best she could do with what she had right and so how do I like extend that to her and say thank you and so I sent her I think uh no I think I know <laughs> I sent her edible edible arrangements and with some balloons and you know in casey fashion because if you're new here i'm petty as fuck and so i sent her <laughs> edible arrangements with balloons and i sent her a card and on the card it said for the one with a clear conscience love you too <laughs> and i just got so much satisfaction in that because it's just like yes i got your message right because i didn't react or respond to that message so like yes i got your message but i love you too like i'm i'm choosing i'm i'm not choosing violence i am choosing the righteous path and i'm just got it received it love you too and i you know my brother texted me he was like oh that was really nice it was a you know sweet gesture or whatever and i um was really like okay with I and I think well I'm really okay with not talking to people and I say that to say I'm okay with not talking to people that I know are going to disrupt my peace if I know that you are somebody who doesn't make me feel good and doesn't uplift my spirits I'm okay with saying cool peace out you know and some people may see that as being like cold-hearted, rough, mean, um, a bitch, but I am just no longer in this. And I think I've been in this space for a long time, but I'm not into catering or putting myself in spaces that are going to bring me down. I'm not into it. Life is too goddamn short to like suffer and I refuse to suffer. I'm not doing that hence why I moved cross country I am not in the space I don't want to be in a space that doesn't uplift me doesn't make me feel good makes me feel shitty about myself I'm not in that time no 
I'm also okay with setting boundaries. And this is why I had a whole episode about setting boundaries. Boundaries are rated E. Everybody can get it. You know what I mean? And you should have some. I went from being like this people pleaser, wanting to please my friends and family all the time, to being somebody that was like, okay, I just please my friends. To like, okay, I just please the family. To the point where I'm at now, where it's like, fuck it, no. If it doesn't make me feel good, it doesn't uplift me. I'm not doing it. And boundaries to me are saying, hey, this is the line. Don't cross it. If you cross it, there will be repercussions. And that's not in no like threat gangster, you know, kind of a thing. But it's just like the repercussions may be now I'm talking to you once a week. Now I'm talking to you every other week. Now I don't even answer your calls. Now I don't respond to your text. Now I leave you on red. You know what I mean? Like I eliminate either I eliminate myself in altogether or I'm limiting access you have to me. And so that was literally what I've done since I've moved down here is like just set up those boundaries of like no I'm just not I'm not in that space where I'm like okay like you can hurt me and make me feel shitty about myself and then the next day I'm like hey what are you doing no we're not doing that and I will say that when I moved down here it was hard and I still think it's hard for my mom I was her last kid that was in her home and so I was there until I was 27 and so there you know that's a long time to be with somebody and so you create this like habits and you create this connection and this feeling of like there's always going to be somebody there and so when that person leaves right it becomes it's very like huh like what like it's weird it's a new space and I could say like I've dealt with that as well um but you know it's yeah yeah you know, it's not easy and I get that. But what I also understand is you don't need to hurt people in order to let them know you miss them. You don't need to hurt people to let them know you love them. And I am in a space where I, I'm, I'm cool with that, right? And in fact, that is not on my conscience. When I set a boundary and when I say like, nah, you're good, it's not something where it's like, now it's weighing on me right like now oh I can't sleep I don't have a clear conscience it's like weighing heavy no because once I set a boundary one boundaries I've set have been very universal so a boundary I have with my mom is a boundary I have with my friends my cousins my siblings it's for everybody right like I said boundaries are rated E for everybody so there's that one certain boundaries um I have to alter for certain people and so when it comes to my mom, I'm like, yeah, like we can't talk every day because talking to you every day, you it gives you opportunities to put me in a space that I don't like to be in. And I don't, you know, it puts me in a space where I don't like to be in and I don't want to go there. And so taking back how often I speak to you helps me remain in a um, space in a more positive light. And I want to stay there. I want to stay positive. I don't want to be in a space where I begin to doubt myself where my self-worth feels pretty shitty where I am um you know contemplating my worth I'm just not doing that right and so boundaries have to be set for her specifically because there is when it's not established one when it wasn't established and when I did let up it just put me back in a space that I didn't want to be in 
And so I say all this to say that, you know, therapy is working on me. And if you don't have a therapist, you should get one. And if you think that you don't have issues to work through, you're a fucking liar. And you need to go talk to somebody. And I want to say this because I've talked to people who've told me, oh, yeah, Casey, like I have, I tried the therapy thing. I didn't like the therapist, so I just gave up on it. Therapy is kind of like a physician in a, a way, right? If that doctor didn't work for you, right, or you didn't feel comfortable with that doctor, you don't just give up on yearly checkups and physicals you find a doctor that works for you You find somebody who can give you what you need and who can support you and essentially speak the language that you like or you want to that you're fluent in essentially so a therapist is the same you don't need to necessarily go with the first therapist you meet just because that's the first therapist consultations are made for that explicit reason you can you have a consultation you figure out okay, is this therapist really understanding me? Is this like, are we speaking the same language? Do you get me? It's very important, right? And so for me personally, I talked, I spoke to, I want to say three or four therapists before I met the therapist I have now. And I spoke to her in that consultation and felt immediately like she understood what I was saying. It didn't feel like, I was speaking another language. She understood that the the impact relationships can have on somebody and how your interactions with like a maternal figure or a paternal figure or a friendship or a romantical person or, you know, partner or whatever can hinder your own self-worth and how you, your mental health kind of like works um, in your mind or whatever. And so therapy is is something super like impactful and helpful for me also if you're somebody that feels like hey like I bounce around as far as how the frequency in which I go to therapy there was a time where I did therapy every other week right so I would go every other week there was a time where I went every week right and I would see her every weekly and now I'm in the space where I it depends on what I need at the moment. Like it's, I can't say like, oh, I see her weekly um, because there are times where I see her and there's times where I'm like, oop, I need to see her again, <laughs> you know, but it's very fluid. And I think it's important that you find somebody to talk to. And like I said, you can't always rely on your friends to be that like ear because they got their own shit going on. Right. And so you can't just be dumping out on somebody um, that you're close to and think that that isn't impact your relationship if that makes sense and yeah and it's just good to have somebody who doesn't know you on a personal level or you know anything like that to be your like voice of reason like I can say like multiple times I felt like nope they did wrong inside me and my therapist has told me like actually Khadija that's you fucked up <laughs> like I understand your intention was not to be fucked up but you fucked up right and so having that voice of reason to tell you like nah baby like it's you or to be like you know what that was fucked up what they did this is what you know you could do or should do in it and and move forward right having a, a thought partner or somebody to like spar with essentially so like i've been you know there's been that and in the midst of that drama i find out that somebody else um in my family it was just like oh I tried to tell her about her podcast and how she swears too much and she just got nasty with me and just went off on me 
can't even, I can't say it with a straight face. I will say this here now, because I, I don't think I've ever made this statement or made this like a known thing, but my podcast is very much so intended for a certain crowd, right? Just being transparent. It's intended for the like millennials of the world, whether you are he, she, her, they, them. This is a space where it feels safe to like shoot the shits. It feels safe to have you walk through the bullshit that I endure in my life because maybe you're enjoying it too. And maybe we can just like, you know, me talking through my shit helps you figure out your shit essentially. Right. And so in that space and time, I, um, that's who I'm talking to, right? That's who I intend to have my podcast sessions like hit or the ears I intend to have listening into my ish, you know? So there's that, there's that. That's one. Two, I understand that some people are not comfortable with the swearing, right? And I really want to say, oh, to, you know, oof, sorry. But at the same time, I like to think that I cuss purposefully, right? Or I'm not, not every other word is a fuck or a bitch or shit. But when I do swear, it's just because that's like, I'm just, you know, we're flowing with the conversation. I don't ever want anybody to feel around me like they can't swear or they can't, you know, drop a bomb here or there. Now, I will say this. I do have people in my life that do not swear. And I got one, <laughs> one avid listener who like, she is very much so, um, has told me, <laughs> she's like, I'm all for your podcast and things like that. But girl, sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, but when you swearing too much, I can't repost it or I can't, you know, do whatever it is because that's not something she like does herself or that's not something she wants to promote. That doesn't mean she's not listening. And that also doesn't mean that she's like, oh yeah, so can't tune in at all right and so I'm very aware that everybody has their own taste and their own preference I love and I don't okay not love but I just just like to get on the mic and not have to fucking worry about a motherfucker telling me I swear too much and yes that was intentional that I did all those swears in that sentence because it's freedom of speech you have the right to say and do whatever the fuck you want to do now I say this to say, like, once again, this podcast is not for people that are 70 and up. I mean, if you're tuning in, you're 70 and up. Thank you. Subscribe, like, share, repost, whatever. But I'm not going to conform to what somebody else finds palatable. Right. And for what one person finds palatable, even my friend who doesn't say the word fuck, she says freaking a. <laughs> is tuned in every time I read, you know, every time I go live or every time I post something, right? Because beyond the swears, I'm spitting fire, heat, some might say, you know? So if you're hooked up on like, oh, it's a lot of swearing, that's your business, that's your prerogative, prerogative, you know what I mean? But also like, I don't find myself to be somebody who's like dropping a lot of bombs. And so, you know, if you find that like, I do too much swearing for you or it's a lot um you know I'm sorry uh but in the words of the great Carisha I don't give one fuck blue fuck red fuck two fucks um because I'm still living life and I'm still doing what I want to do and yeah 
And so I know that that's going to be a good clip. <laughs> and I know I'm going to piss somebody off. And I'm okay with that. You got to learn that you're not, especially in this like age of like creating content and like doing this is like, you're not going to make everybody happy. I've said things on no clearance that have pissed a lot of people off. Well, not a lot, but have pissed guys off. Men, particularly, who are short. And I eat that. I'll take it. You know what I mean? People have commented, have made comments about me. And I'm not going to go back and forth with somebody because of their own personal opinion. Just like I have an opinion, other people have an opinion too. And I'm not going to take away from that. Just like I would hope they don't take away from what I got going on. So there's that. There's that whole spiel. But also, I want to name. We never had that conversation. She never called me and said, "Hey, you do a lot of um, you do a lot of swearing or whatever." I do not recall that conversation ever being had. And so I say that, like, you know, fish oil is good for your brain and it helps your brain to stay young and sharp, um, and helps with memory. And so I want to promote that on here as well and saying, you know, take your fish oil, take your vitamins, do what you need to do for yourself. And yeah, live life, live your own life, live your truth, be happy for yourself, be happy with who you who you are. And if you're not, you know, dive into that, you know. Um, but yeah, I was just like, how the hell um, did I say that? And I'm just somebody that's super, despite like me cussing uh, more than the average Joe, I don't think I'm a disrespectful person. Um, I think that I'm somebody who's very passionate and I like, if I feel something, I feel it deeply. And I think that I'm some, somebody that is like very much aware of their beliefs and what they like believe in and what they stand for. And so one thing I never want to stand for is disrespecting an elder, right? I'm not, that's not my thing. That's not what I get off on. That's not what I, you know, want to represent or be seen as, but in the same breath like I do want to say that when somebody lying on you they lying on you right and you have to nip that in the bud you have to name that that's not okay and you know I attempted to reach out to that person the person didn't pick up my calls I'm not going to go out of my way to defend myself right because then it gives off guilty and like you in fact did something when I didn't do anything at all so there's that um but despite that I mean life has been lived and you know continuing to focus on myself and do what I need to do I am super excited about what things I have yet to do and like you know uh you know just living life (laughs) that's like the hashtag of the year is living life and um I cannot wait so yeah I'm just you know just living the dream essentially but I know I mentioned this before on one of my podcast like old sessions I remember I told y'all about the dog situation where I was supposed to get this dog it was supposed to be like my birthday gift to myself like I was really hype about it ended up not happening because of blah 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 well ends up being that's the dog or the breeder I'm going through is the dog pregnant y'all so I'm real freaking excited if you know if you've been to my house or you follow me on um Instagram I've like showed this or whatever maybe I haven't no but if you're one of my friends you're probably tired of me talking about this dog because um yeah 
but I have things for it because initially when I was going to get the dog in March, I had started to buy things so that I could be prepared and ready for when the dog came. So I'm excited that the dog is, we're going to try this again. And so the dog is pregnant and I was really big on a Cavapoo. And so that's the dog I want to get. It's going to be a miniature dog. It's not going to be like super huge, medium size, I would say. And my reasoning for getting a dog is one, before I moved down here, I told myself I wanted a dog. Like I knew that I wanted a pet. Back home, I had a cat and Raven, RIP to the realest one on the team. And like she was just, I mean, if a dog, if a cat could give off thug life energy, it would be Raven. Um, she just didn't, you know what I mean? Real low key, real chill. But I knew I didn't want a cat. Um, I think a dog, some people think it's high maintenance. You got to take it out and yada, yada, yada. But I live in Houston. The weather's 95% of the time really nice out. Don't really mind taking the dog out. It's, you know, I think back home, the excuse was like, oh, it's snowing, it's raining, whatever. So, you know, there's that. But I live in Houston, so I'm like, why not? The reason why I picked Cavapoo, originally I wanted to get a Frenchie. But as I did my research and as I looked into it, one, Frenchies are fucking expensive as shit. Like, crazy bread. And I I don't know if y'all know, but I don't got it. So, I was like, that's a no. Um, and also, so one, they're expensive. And two, like, just their vet bills and things like that. Like, they have a lot of medical problems and issues or whatever. And I was just like, nah, I'm cool. Don't want to get into that at all like I like I said I got my own problems and so I knew I couldn't get a Frenchie it just didn't make sense financially to get a Frenchie just it was dumb even though I had found like a I don't want to say a breeder but I had found what felt like someone I could like get the Frenchie from but even when I looked into it it just like nobody was selling it for the low and I was just like yeah no and as I watch videos now, those dogs are like yappy and like do a lot of talking. And no, <laughs> I'm good. And I also live in an apartment, so I knew I couldn't get a big ass dog. Um, I wasn't going to get a King Corso, right? So I stumbled across uh, Cavapoos and how they're supposed to be like hypoallergenic, even though there's really no dog that's like not like hypoallergenic, like that's like a fluff, like a buzzword essentially. Um, but I knew I don't have allergies to dogs. I think, you know, anytime I've interacted with a dog, I've been fine. But I thought about like, if I was to bring my dog somewhere, if I was to have friends come over, you know, things like that. So that like definitely played a role. I also wanted to get a, a medium dog, Like I didn't want a big dog. Um, I just, you know, for my first pet, I wanted it to be something small that didn't feel like a lot as far as taking care of it. Um, even though a dog is like a puppy is like a baby essentially but yeah I went on good I think it's called good good dog that's the website I used to find the breeder um and they help you figure you know find out breeders who are breeding the exact dog you want and so on there I typed in Cavapoo and I found these amazing amazing breeders uh they are I hope I'm not butchering this I think golden hour Cavapoos I believe and their whole thing is like cavapoos like they're not breeding anything else um and the reason why I chose to go with them is because I felt like they were very big on like not being 
you know, they're not just, obviously they're making a cool chunk of change off of like, you know, breeding, but it didn't feel so like factory-ish, if that makes sense. I felt very, you know, family oriented, very much so with keeping in mind the like dogs, like well-being and health and things like that. Um, they even had me do like an application, um, that I had to like get approved essentially before I could like work with them or even be offered to, um, have a dog in the litter or whatever. So it just felt good and it felt like they gave a damn about where the dog is going, making sure that the person it's going to is a good person and just very, you know, great. And if they feel like, I, I hate when people are like, oh, they felt like family, but it, it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel like a transaction, right? Like they follow me on Instagram. I follow them. They react to my stories and like, ha ha ha. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like this is strictly like, here's the dog. Where's the cash kind of a thing. So if you're somebody that is in the Houston area or in the Texas area and you are looking for a Cavapoo, um, I would definitely reach out to them. They have like so you know it's just really good it doesn't feel shady or chisty kind of a thing i also know they travel so if you're looking to like buy the dog and come get it or have them meet you at the airport type of thing they also do that um but if you're not looking for a cavapoo i say go on gooddog.com they're de- and this is definitely not sponsored uh, but it could be good dog where you're at um <laughs> definitely not sponsored but gooddog.com is like really helpful um, because it can be overwhelming figuring out like, do I want to do a breeder? Do I want to do rescue whatever? And this is no shade to anybody that rescues or wants to get a rescue dog. I think that that's dope and that's cool. Um, I definitely can see myself and I say this prior to me having my puppy, but you know, as I get a bigger space and more space, I could definitely maybe, maybe potentially see myself getting another dog. And I think the next dog I would get would definitely have to be a rescue um but you know yeah just knowing that you know that's a thing but if you are somebody that's like oh I don't want to get a rescue dog for my first dog or I have a rescue dog I want to get a whatever the case may be gooddog.com really a lot of like reputable breeders um just my interactions off of gooddog.com has always has been good like I, I don't have anything negative to say about them um and I'm glad that I uh went through them because I don't think I don't believe I would have found golden hour um cavalry through anything else and yeah so really excited about that um the dogs the puppies are due the dog is due I believe in June and so uh the dog is due in June like June 16th June 15th or something like that okay um but I won't have like the said puppy until August I believe they wait like two months um I don't know how old the puppy would be wouldn't that be eight weeks I don't think that well maybe no I don't think that's 12 I don't think that's 12 months but essentially it would still be a puppy um I plan on doing a cute little like get ready with me uh doggy essentials on my youtube channel so be on the lookout for that check me out um things you can expect from me I definitely will be coming on here more I am looking to get more guests on here I'm also trying to wrap up season three and think about what season four is gonna look like 
and you know already kind of mapping that out thinking about what episodes I want to do content outside of like the podcast and thinking about what do I want to put on my YouTube um I've been really trying to get a lot more active on TikTok so make sure you follow me on TikTok I did a get ready with me on TikTok so make sure you like and follow and repost um also bookmark safe (laughs) um anything else no that's pretty much it we're continuing to live life and do uh as we want to do and yeah as always make sure you are liking drop a review i feel like i haven't gotten a review in a really long time please drop a review you can find me on spotify apple mute apple podcast you can find me on google i think it's called google play the google store i mean i'm everywhere please make sure to show me love drop reviews hit me up on ig let me know what some other stuff you want to see on here um i feel like i'm getting like a really cute like i hate that i say cute all the time but i'm getting like a really like good like audience or following so and they feel you know people have reached out to me like yo can you do an episode on such and such and this and that so please continue to show me love continue to give me ideas and things to talk about and do on here as always peace love stay blessed I think I did that wrong hold on wait stay blessed hold on what stay (laughs) stay black stay blessed (laughs) peace